Class with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hello and welcome to the Robots Podcast. I am Jana and today we'll focus on automation and fleet integration in the agricultural robotics industry. Automation in agriculture is a relatively advanced but still growing field with a variety of exciting new developments as well as challenges. Germany-based company Klaas is a family business founded in 1913 and is one of the world's leading manufacturers of agricultural engineering equipment. Our interviewer pair met up with Dr. Hans-Peter Grothaus at the Schunk Expert Days to discuss the company's product range and how they use automation and fleet integration to enhance harvesting efficiency. So, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm here at Schunk Expert Days and we'd like to thank them for providing the space and hosting us today. Uh, I'm here with Hans-Peter Grothaus from Klaas and we're going to talk about automation and fleet integration within the agriculture community, which actually is a reasonably well-established field of advanced automation, but it's still growing and adding features uh, as we go along. Uh, could you introduce us, the listener that prob- might never have been on the farm, what kind of uh, equipment are you working with and how is it used by your customer? Um, <clears throat> what we are using is, uh, ha- is our harvesting machines and, and also machines for uh, tractors for, for overloading the, the, the harvested material uh, for, for all these infield processes and also for transportation purposes to, to bring the transported goods, uh, the, the harvested goods to the farm. Hmm. And now we're talking about we're talking about corn. We're talking about maize. We're talking about potatoes. Or what kind of? Uh, uh, so we work more with uh, with grain and, and rapeseed and uh, and all the fruits that are above the earth, nothing hmm. under the earth. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Because what you said here about we have the the the, the harvester in the middle of a network because. The harvester can't do its job on its own. It has to have a fleet of, of tractors with a, with a carrying capacity and then trucks to get to a storage facility. And all of these integrate and work together. Could you tell us a bit more about uh, what kind of processes you use and why to optimize this? So traditionally, you, you have also single harvesting machines, which you see and you have on... Um, <coughs> An overloading facility at at the at the end of the field, but in in bigger farms in in, in larger surroundings, uh, we also have multiple harvesting machines working together with overloading uh, facilities, which brings the harvested good to the uh, to um, um, a truck which is waiting at the at the end of the field. Yeah, and so this means that there is actually two. Uh, offloadings and onloadings from the harvester to the tractor that is able to, to operate in the field and then from the tractor to the, 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 the truck that is able only to operate on regular roads. Yes, that's true because uh, 
the trucks are normally are not used in the fields therefore we we use tractors and and special overloading uh, uh facilities uh, overloading uh, wagons which uh, have low tire pressure that uh, the ground is not damaged by the by the tires mm -hmm. and that the vehicles don't get stuck and yes, so forth and all this problem. has to be optimized of course so that we run uh, we we use as little fuel as possible and that we uh, can harvest as much as possible in as short a time as possible i guess that that's a very hard problem to optimize properly yes you have different goals uh, when when you harvest that depends on for example on the weather condition Uh, or on the available equipment you have, and um, therefore they, uh, you have to plan your harvest, and that what we are developing are in-field planning systems. Just imagine you have a navigation system, and you can say, okay, I want to be ready early with my harvest uh, because bad weather is coming, or oh, you have very stable uh, weather conditions, then you say, okay, my target is another one, I want to have highest quality, low fuel consumption, or you want to, to, to drive the same passes and not uh, to, to drive over the whole uh, field just to avoid uh, the soil compaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as you said, whether you have no roof over your operation and that you really feel robotics in the best sense of the word, uh, operating out there under very f quickly changing Uh, conditions too. I mean, you can have a prediction of good weather, but it just changes immediately or, or in a very short period of time, and you have to re-optimize all this. Yes. Uh, what you knew, that you have to harvest one time a year, that, that you knew, knew weeks and years before, hmm. but what you don't know is uh, the, the actual condition. You don't know exactly what is grown on a certain plot. Uh, that can vary a lot, in, even in the field. And uh, what you don't know is uh, how the soil, how good you can drive on it, and uh, and uh, what you don't know is uh, how the weather will uh, develop even in 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 the the day. Mm. So when you start harvesting, everything could be optimal, and after two hours, uh, it's not so optimal. You have to change the setting of the fleet. You have to change the settings of the single machines. Mm. And then, and then, of course, this basically re dynamically redefines itself all the time towards the the the, the goals, overall goals of the operation. Yeah. Um, I understand that you, of course, use navigation systems, which is usually GPS. Do you also use any visual verification of where you are in the field, where other machines are in the field? Uh, for for the steering purposes, we have different solutions in the market. We have camera-based solutions. We have GPS-based uh, solutions with correction signals, which goes up to two centimeters accuracy. Mm. So that works very good. Uh, we have laser-based systems that uh, for for steering the machines, um, and all these planning tools they are actually in development. We have the first uh, prototypes. Uh, and uh, which which works quite good and but what we see is and what helps in the first step is just to to show the other drivers the actual location of the machine uh, so when you imagine uh, 
field of, of wheat or, or, or barley or so, you can see the machine at, at the horizon. But when you have a maize field, the maize is uh, four, four meter high. Mm. So uh, maybe you only hear the machine, but you don't know exactly where it is. Mm. And uh, then when you have just uh, such a system where you can see, okay, the other machine is at a certain spot and you see uh, how uh, uh, how the overloading, uh, how how full the, the overloading bin already is, that helps you this information. Hmm. Especially in this, as you said, the maize field where, where it might be very scary to see a, a big uh, combine harvester come at you through the field and you don't see it until it's meters away, huh? So that, that's oh, also safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where is it? Because you're in this high maze field. If you're in a smaller vehicle, yes. But but uh, that is not uh, the, the main danger that that uh, that for for collision. But hmm? because you can uh, react. Hmm. But but uh, interesting is just for these infield processes to have the right overloading position. Mm -hmm. So just think if you have in the in the maze harvest uh, that that. There is um, a whole lot of bulky material which we have to transport, mm. and there are always uh, transportation uh, um, <coughs> vehicles coming and going. And just to find the right rendezvous point yeah. where the machine should meet, just to avoid waiting time and mm -hmm. uh, to avoid additional driving time in the field, yeah. it yeah. helps a lot and saves a lot of, of yeah. fuel. And 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 uh, takes away the stress out of the process. Mm -hmm. uh, so then you use a lot of sensors to, as you said, collect data about uh, what is being harvested uh, in what could be said real time. So next year I will know that this piece of my field gave this much return. Um, what kind of sensors are you using to detect quality of the grain and and, and stuff? Are they uh, because they have to be very reliable because the farmer has a couple has a couple of weeks or a month of window, it has yeah. to be very reliable. But so, yet advanced. So we even uh, we we use um, different cameras, uh, for example stereo cameras, uh, for detecting the grain quality. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is. Uh, it was a hard step of developing it because there are in in. Um, um, Difficult um, surroundings. We we use it, and and therefore they have to be very robust. Uh, all these uh, things uh, we we uh, uh, which is used for it, and very reliable because if they fail and it takes a long time to fix it, I mean the farmer has to do his harvest right now, not in two weeks' time, right? Yes, it, it has to be very reliable. All our machines are so uh, so built so uh, that uh, the farmers they, uh, want that, that the machines are uh, work um, without any any interruption in the harvesting period. It's a stressful period for the for the farmer. Yes, huh? So they have to be uh, very reliable in the harvesting period and mm. that is maybe that is also part of the premium mm. our customer pays for our products because uh, they they are very reliable. We do everything that the machine does not fail in the harvesting period. Mm. So there are lots of sensors. Uh, we ha can do condition monitoring. And uh, what you asked me before was also these, uh, we can make uh, yield maps. 
so we can map exactly where how much grain or, or other goods were harvested at a certain plot mm. and then you can uh, make uh, maps where you make overlays over years mm. and you can see uh, how much uh, you have harvested and at a certain area mm. and uh, with this information you can um, um, say okay how much fertilizer will I bring out at this plot or uh, what uh, what is economic mm. in a certain area to, to manage it. Mm. So you see there is an interlinkage between the machines and not the single machines, the processes over the years and the management systems. Mm. So you have connected systems of managing systems which uh, where you have all the data from, from, from your whole farm and the machines which put in data and sh which also use the data from these management systems. Hmm. So that means this also goes into the optimization process, of course, of, of saying if we have dry weather now, but we're expecting wet weather, we can optimize to harvest the part of the field where the soil is usually the wettest because it might uh, be undrivable if it rains further on in the day or the week. So you can really optimize with all this data, huh? Yes, when you when you know that at in a certain area of a field, you are able to start harvesting earlier in the morning. Mm. Uh, you can use your machine uh, for a longer period, but when you have a contractor who is on a certain field the first time, mm. where sh where should he get uh, the information from? Mm. Uh, just to to know where to start. So normally he starts, he, he drives around uh, and then uh, after some time he, he knows what to do. But you can save time if you gave him additional information. And in this reasonably small, small window of time that is the harvest, every hour, every half a day counts a lot. Huh? It's very significant to do this yes, on that's, time. Yes, that is true. And, yeah. and all these... Uh, Systems which help the farmers uh, to um, make a better decision quality hmm. is, is very economic for him hmm. because hmm. An, an hour of harvesting time uh, is very ex expensive, uh, for, uh, especially if you are not able to harvest it. Hmm. 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 If, if weather if catches weather up with you, up and you have no hmm. additional. A capacity, mm. so uh, that would be the worst case. Mm. Harvesting is probably one of your major businesses, but we do other things with our fields too. Uh, we've already mentioned pesticides, we've mentioned um, fertilizing, but we also have tilling. Can you give us a short overview of your work in non-harvested field-related activities? So uh, we, we also have tractors, mm. and uh, these tractors act with implements, um, on on the farms, so we don't have produce all implements. So we don't produce sprayers or fertilizers, mm. but uh, we produce machines for grass harvest, for example, for for Greenland. Mm. Um, and uh, there is also a lot of intelligence, like like Isobus systems, uh, where the tractor uh, is steered by the implement. The implement is in, in this uh, certain process much more intelligent than the tractor. Because it knows what, what it's doing it and knows, what it needs from the tractor to do it the best yes, way. Yes, so the implement knows its, its own process. And the implement has more and more intelligence and they have processors and, and computers on the implement today. Hmm. 
and uh, the idea is uh, that uh, the uh, the tractor gets an an image of the implement via isobus and you can steer the implement uh, so uh, you can plug a new implement to the tractor and uh, the tractor is able to steer that implement but the intelligence is in the implement yeah because it's unique to a particular task yeah. this is very interesting could you describe, describe, because I understand that the process of using automated and assisted driving is more or less standard today. Can you describe how it's been selling these things to the farming industry? Because I think that many people out there that have a robotic idea, they, they need information on how to sell this to a community. How did you convince the farmers that this reasonably advanced level of technology would work and that it would be beneficial and that they could handle it? How did you convince them that it was, this uh, was a good idea? So uh, most professional farmers and most customers, uh, they can decide very uh, rational. So if they see that uh, a system systems help them to, to make them work for a longer period without uh, exhaustion, and uh, which helps them to to save money because the steering is more accuracy. Mm -hmm. So you save fertilizers, you save spraying things because uh, just imagine you are mowing your your your, your grass, your lawn, mm -hmm. and and always with your mowers uh, you overlap a little because you don't want that some some grass is is uh, left when when you when you are ready. Mm -hmm. And just think at a harvesting process when you have an. Uh, and cut a bar with 12 meters. Nobody is able to to look so accuracy uh, with such an accuracy and in such a distance. Mm. So he al always overlap maybe half a meter, which is a lot if you're which doing is many a lot fields. If you do kilometers of driving a day, yeah, yeah. So if you can get that down to two to decimeters, two, you you uh, have yeah, a or ten centimeters. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you uh, you have uh, gained a, a lot. Mm. And mm. fuel consumption, less time, less, time, less uh, mm. soil compaction. Mm. Uh, mm. So uh, since the steering systems, mm. uh, they pay off in one year. Yeah. And, and other system systems, uh, that is, uh, when, we, when our customers come at a fair and they, they look at all the new features and say, okay, I don't know if I need it, if they buy it, mm. Uh, they they don't want to to miss them afterwards. <laughs> yeah, they, they get used to it yeah. because the work gets more easy. It's more uh, more relaxing. Yeah, less stress. Huh? Less stress, and he can do, for example, management tasks on mm. the machine. Mm. He don't need to uh, to do stupid work like mm. like steering. Mm. The machine does the steering on its yeah, own. Yeah, and it does it better. So it does it better than. But I guess he's better at the management. So <laughs> yes, but but he has to. Um, uh, to supervise the processes, yeah, yeah, just to see if there are some obstacles mm. and which the machine maybe have not seen, yeah, yeah. Then, then you have to. This leads us to the future of these systems, and are we going to see f these fleets to be fully autonomous, where you have a person uh, overseeing a fleet of these vehicles, maybe a few harvesters, and uh, and these the truck distribution network we talked about, maybe. To the edge of the field. I don't think the 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 the, the actual truck taking it to the storage mm. uh, facility is another problem. Will we see fully automated fields in the near um, future? Or 
I, I could imagine that we see in the near future more master-slave-based systems, so that you have one driver and maybe some slaves. Mm. Um, but the labor cost is not the, the limiting factor at the moment because our machines are are not not very cheap and no uh, they're so big that so big and so the, the the amount of labor cost is not the the, the critical factor mm -hmm. um, but and on the other hand you have to bring all the machines to the field mm. and you have to get them back mm. therefore you you have to 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 change the logistics mm. when you have uh, several machines with only one driver mm. so you have uh, new uh, challenges uh, yeah. you face when so There, there are sometimes some more academia ideas on, on swarm of robots which could harvest, but uh, uh, at the moment, especially in the harvesting process, we have lots of, of very messy goods. Mm. We have to transport lots of tons, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, that uh, is not suited for, for tiny robots. So it should be big robots, and, and that is... Then they become dangerous robots. And become more dangerous for men, mm. and then you have new uh, challenges. Mm. And as you said, even if if they were autonomous on the field, you had to bring them to the field. You so have to bring them. You have to maintain them. Mm. So if you have a, a fleet of small machines, you have to bring them. You have mm. to recharge them when they're electrical mm. uh, powered, and then these things. So I think there are some. Uh, Uh, if you have a uh, task like like monitor, hmm? so if you have a small robot which monitors uh, hmm. the uh, the health of of plants, for example, hmm. that could be a small robot which hmm. drives around and gives this information. Do I need to add more fertilizer or water or pesticides? No, it could no, do those kind of things. No, uh, yes, it it could be also uh, fertilizer and pesticides. Hmm. But uh, on the first step, it could be only just to uh, to to give information. Yes, yes. How Determine if we need uh, to. If, if we need, and and just then give this information to the following process. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, for instance, it could go over a field and detect where where there's a lot of weeds, and we might need to do more pesticides. Or if it's uh, the, the the grain isn't developing properly, it need more fertilizers or. Yeah. Yeah, so and also give you advanced information about where the, where the, 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 the crop hasn't actually grown. Yes, and uh, just imagine that these um, vehicles could go with a low speed mm. and they have a lot of time. Mm. Mm. And they make uh, maps of mm. the field and mm. uh, just application maps. Mm. And then the sprayer or the mm. fertilizer machine with whole high mm. velocity and, mm. and, and bulks of material of mm. fertilizer and... Mm. Uh, goes in in high speed, mm. but they have an exact map yeah. where to spray. Yeah, yeah, that and where not uh, to spray. And uh, that could make sense. Then, mm. then uh, they they can use this information for the following process. Mm -hmm. So that would take the, the the optimization we talked about in the beginning a step further. It wouldn't only rely on the data you had last year. It would actually look at the field and and, and base the optimization on it. Yeah. So yeah. So so the different system just to decouple the processes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very interesting. So if, where do you see the future? What are you working on in your secret labs right now? Where is the cutting edge of, 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 of in-field uh, agriculture operation? So the first step is uh, more autonomy in-field, in the in-field process, in the logistics of in-field process, because we see uh, that we have installed a high uh, capacity in the machines mm. 
but uh, the, we have uh, we we see that that um, sometimes in the logistic processes uh, there is uh, the the reason for the gap that the the, the farmers does not get the installed capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, besides the infield logistics, you also have the outfield logistics. <laughs> so, uh, where are roads to drive? Because mm. the the normal navigation systems not always uh, uh, have the right information for for our surroundings. Which yeah, it's which not on a paved road. You're out there in the yes, field, and the maps aren't very accurate. Yes, uh, and and uh, where where the right uh, spot where you have to uh, to go on the field. Mm. And uh, and uh, where are obstacles you have to mm. to see with your machine when you don't want to damage it, like uh, electricity uh, wires, uh, and wires and so on, uh, and telephone cables yeah. and and uh, and trees and mm. and uh, this information uh, is not uh, collected today, and and it, it could help to make it available to make plans for the uh, for the for the outfield logistics. Mm. Yeah, and for instance, in point and exit, in uh, entrance point and exit points for a field, uh, the system could also tell you that this uh, in this point is placed incorrectly. If you place it over here, we could optimize much better. Yes, uh, and that, uh, that then the f you could take the information you gathered and, and optimize and even adapt to yeah. to, to to that. Yeah, very you, interesting. You, you also can simulate processes, and you can use the, the simulation for educating the driver. Mm. So, mm. because uh, you have every year the harvesting time, and every year, the <laughs> uh, but but there is um, only six to eight weeks harvesting period, mm. and the rest of the years the farms are not uh, and the drivers are not trained, mm. and they uh, need two one to two two days to, yeah. to get in in all the, the process again. Then they, they drive more carefully at the they're better at the end of the harvest yes. than they are in the beginning and i i think that me and many others maybe you too have gone to a skiing holiday and there was two years or a year ago you skied you're much better skier the last day of your holiday yeah. than the first but if we could train properly ahead of time we could optimize this critical window of opportunity yeah. we have when harvesting is done so we have a certain period where we can do the work but we could use historical data and simulation mm. to train the drivers. Mm. Perfect. Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to do the interview. We are very grateful for you doing that. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me. Thank you. And that's the end of today's episode. There's loads more information about this and all our past episodes on our website at robotspodcast.com or alternatively, you can now also find us on robohub.org, the new online home of the podcast. Our new podcast will air in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Class with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.